start messing with that stuff and it gets aggravating um yeah <laughs> good morning getting good to be here amen i am glad that you're here i'm glad that you're watching hello good morning online thank you so very much and if you've been noticing there are uh, there are different advertisements scrolling and so just to remind you that the well today's the last sunday of the month of of october if you've not yet brought your items and you get get double in for next week hair care products will be the item for this month today's last day and a box or socks for next month and we only have two weeks to gather so make sure that you're getting um that you're getting it, that in either next sunday or the following sunday get your socks in uh, i had someone text me this week and ask what is something that we normally don't have a lot of and it's normally the socks because we only have two weeks instead of four or five weeks so get those socks in okay we have a ton of boxes if you if that is what you have to contribute then please contribute that because if we don't use them all this year we'll use them we'll save them and use them for next year so don't be discouraged at all if you have shoe boxes please do bring them but if you do plan to buy something then then uh, socks are what we need for it next month also november 16th is the box packing you'd like to be here to help us pack boxes we're going to be over in the fellowship hall packing boxes and uh, brother mike's class will be over here having their bible study so either way you'll be participating so make sure that you're here on that day for november 16th box packing thanks meal is the third sunday november 20th we have three sundays left y'all only three weeks until thanks meal so if you're here you're invited if you're watching you're invited even if even if you are in a completely other state at that point you're welcome to come back 
and because we're thankful for you amen and bring people with you <sighs> anyway yeah we're thankful for you if we need to go get you we'll find a way so <laughs> be here for uh for thanks meal and the that evening is the community service at the uh, at the grace covenant church there has been, there's an advertisement in the um, in our newsletter, so that was there. That will be uh, that'll be on our our church website. Because if you'll notice, the <laughs> the uh, newsletters are getting archived, so you'll be able to go back and check them for any time. But that'll be there. Uh, it'll probably be in next week's and for the next couple of weeks, just as a reminder. So be here at six o'clock for not here at Grace Covenant at six o'clock for the community service. And then, golly, there's so much going on. November 30th and December 7th are our uh, Gideon witnessing classes. They have a they have a a program called Conversations, and we'd love for you to participate in that. Even if you can't be at both, please do come to one because there's going to be information that'll be helpful to you. So be there. We're starting at 6.45 that night so because it's a little extra time. It's it's longer than our normal hour service. So be there. Also December 3rd, we have 10 more spots if you'd like to participate in going to the Samaritan's Purse facility. M uh, make sure that you let me know because you have to sign a waiver. Well, you have to like online fill out a waiver. So December 3rd, we're leaving the church about 12.30. We're going to be there at 2, where we're going to work from 2 to 4, come back to church by 7. So it'll kind of be all day, So, but we'd love for you to participate. So 10 more spots for that. Any other announcements? We will certainly let you know. There's more stuff going on. Next Sunday is the Gideons. Uh, Dad was going to mention that, but that's okay. I'll mention it too. And the next Sunday, the, uh, the Gideons... They always come in the fall, and they they talk to us and ask if they could come and uh, just give their presentation. I mean, we, we know, but they want us to get re-excited about it. So next week we are having a Gideon representative, to, um, and, and he'll be here for, you know, well, he'll be here for the whole service, but he'll give his presentation. In addition to, it's not in place of, of preaching. <laughs> But uh, but it will be, you know, a 10-20 minute presentation is, is normally what they do. Just to let you know kind of how how things are going, uh, to let you know the progress that they've made. We were at the Gideon's uh, dinner and they were talking about the ways that they have, that the Lord has opened up doors of opportunity through the, through the war in Ukraine. Uh, that the Lord has opened up doors for them to send in Bibles. So that's a, a, a really great thing and they'll tell us all about that. So make sure that you're here for that and um, if you want to put a little extra aside between now and then to, to give an, a Gideon offering. So any other announcements? <laughs> no worries. No worries. I, he was going to, but he'll mention it again because the more times you hear it, the better. So um, any other announcements? We will certainly let you know. You'll be getting a call this uh, coming Saturday because it's fallback on Sunday so that you're here on time. Okay. Um, <sighs> finally getting into that fall situation so you will be getting a call for that so if you get a you get a call on saturday then that's the reason right it's not anything hopefully i don't know the future but hopefully it's not anything to, to be concerned about it's just set your clocks back so i uh i have a confession <laughs> now uh, 
this, a little bit of, of background information. In our in our uh, bathroom sinks upstairs, there's no stopper. Now, a stopper has been stoppers have been purchased for us, and we use them periodically. It's not all the time. So, when we feel that the sink needs to be stopped, we stop. So, it's just open in there, and you have to be careful. And I have an electric toothbrush that has a little cap to the tooth, you know, the just put the tiny little plastic cap on the toothbrush part. And about, I don't know, two weeks ago, that plastic cap found its way into the sinkhole. And so it's been there. It won't go down. It just sits there, and I can see it every time that I... I know. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> there. Well, and I say that because <coughs> Shane Williams is the one who has to... Any time that things fall down the sink, he's the one who has to get under the sink and clean everything out. And so I, I just haven't said anything because it hasn't really been that much of a hindrance. But I thought about that. That sometimes there are things that we allow in our lives that could have been prevented because we had the <laughs> we had the filter <laughs> to to keep that issue from taking place. But then sometimes instead of dealing with the issue, we just leave it there and hope nothing happens. Just keep looking at it. Lord, you know I got this problem, but just don't don't let anything bad come from it. When if we could just confess and deal with the issue, then we'd be in such a better place. So I encourage you this morning, if you got things, if think if the Lord reveals some things to you, deal with them. Get them under the blood. Amen. Let's sing this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to have his will in the service. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. <clears throat> we thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your blessings and grace. God, I thank you because you are good and righteous. You are mighty and strong. God, I thank you and I praise you that you have a purpose and a plan for each of our lives. I thank you that you brought us into this place. God, for those who are watching, I, just, I bless them in Jesus' name. God, I just ask that you would lift them up, give them encouragement today. God, I pray that you would have your will and your way in each and every part of this service. God, that we would honor you and please you in all we say and do. Lord, that we would would, that you would help us to hear and respond to the things that you have to say to us today. God, speak to our hearts. I just ask that you would work and move in us, that you would begin to, to speak to our spirits. If there are things in us that we need to get under the blood, I just pray that that would be done today. God, that there would be no hindrance between us and you. Help us to honor you and please you and always say and do today. In Jesus' precious holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship the God who was, we worship the God who is, we worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors, He parted the raging seas, my God, He holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord, there's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet, we'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord, our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet, 
good, Lord. You are good. Just lift up our praises to you this morning. God, we just lift you up and praise your holy name. darkness falls, it won't prevail, cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph, my God will never fail, 
my God will never fade. I'm going to see your victory. I'm going to see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see your victory. I'm going to see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. Every war he wages, he wins. So I'm not backing down from any giant Cause I know how this story ends Yes, I know how my story ends I'm gonna see your victory I'm gonna see your victory For the battle belongs to you, Lord
Turn it for good. I remember some of those ten brothers. Oh, our dad is dead. And now our brother is going to be upset with us. So they go to him and said, Dad said when he was alive for, um, for you to forgive us <laughs> for selling you or trying to get rid of you. Come to the pit where they had thrown him into and, and I guess they felt like that he had been a snack to a lion or something because he wasn't there. But then Joseph said, fellas, you guys meant evil. We'll get rid of this dreamer. What's going to become of his dreams? And uh, they did. They got rid of him. And they meant evil by it. But Joseph said, but God meant it for good. God meant it that I might be in God's place for Savior during this drought. Thank you. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm jumping over the church. Hallelujah. 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 Apple for the teacher. <laughs> Hallelujah. No. Um, Gideon's. We were there at a Gideon meeting some weeks back. And one of the speakers, um, he didn't have an apple, but he gave the illustration. And I have done that at the Joy Club and now again here. Uh, this morning I'll do it. Because each of us, having an apple, we could eat the apple or just cut it open. And we can tell how many seeds are inside. Once we get it eaten or cut open, we can count the number of seeds inside of this apple. But we have a God that knows how to count the number of apples in a seed. Hallelujah. You don't understand that every word that you give for the Lord and for His glory, every encouragement, every blessing. I'm jumping over the church again. Hallelujah. God means it for good, and he knows how many apples are in that seed. Hallelujah. So let us not hold back. Let us take advantage of the things that were mentioned at our meeting, that we should help and bless people, individuals, and we named them off, several. And you may have had names later of those that you might be able to touch their lives in a positive way. I want to tell you, it continues today. Let's do it. Let's touch somebody's life in a very positive way. You never know how much good that little bit that you felt like was insignificant has blessed somebody's life. Somebody blessed T.L. Lowry, and he became one of the greatest. Somebody blessed Billy Graham, and look at the ministry. Woo, glory. Keep this right by where you study and do your uh, daily scripture reading and, and prayer and Bible reading. So 
um, our mission and our vision on there. Keep it ever before us. Lord, what am I doing to make sure that your ministry and your kingdom is blessed? Amen and amen. And Gideon's are, that's one of my favorite uh, give-tos is Gideon's <laughs> because every dime goes right directly to ministering, not one dime to um, overhead or take care of this thing or that thing. It goes. So I say to you, and, and we were not prepared probably to give today, and we're not ready to give today, but to next week. But Sister Dean, if some of us, you know, maybe you get paid every two weeks, or maybe you don't get paid once a month, and you were prepared or you got some today, don't leave here without giving it to Sister Dean with a, a note. Gideon's. And then next week, you cannot give too much to Gideon's. Amen. And you'll learn that on the last Wednesday night of, um, of November and the first Wednesday night of December in the way that they talk to us about what they do. It's amazing. It's wonderful. It's glorious. Praise God. Amen. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'm glad to be in his house today. And I trust that you that are watching are feeling some of that stuff that we're feeling right here, the hand of God moving in this place here today. And I love him for that. Thank you for coming. Every one of you looks so pretty. Well, most all of us do, Brother Mike. Most all of us do. <laughs> One or two of us may not. Hallelujah. But God's good, and I love him for it. I thank him for his salvation, for his goodness, for his strength. Hadn't God built us up and strengthened us time and again? Amen. He's given us blessing upon blessing. and He's, in the, You know, if he would be in the center of our universe, everything would then just motivate from him and move outward. He is the center. He is our all in all. He's our refuge, our stay. He's our strength. Praise God. And Paul put it this way. In my weakness, I'm made strong through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Somebody brag on Jesus this morning. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. All right, go ahead. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I was waiting for Sister Shirley. I was thinking that she was going to brag on the Lord, but I don't want to start crying and carrying on. But Jesus is good to us. He is so good, and I'm glad that He is on my side and that as He's for me, then who in the world can be against me? Amen. I will bless the Lord at all times, always, forever, and always. His praise shall continually be in my mouth, and my soul shall make her boast. In the Lord, the humble shall see and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Could you just lift your hands and exalt? Oh, God, we love you and we exalt you here today. How great and how mighty 
and how wonderful is our Lord. And we love you today, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Oh, that's so good. That is, that, that's good. He is. He's there with us. Thank you. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you, lovely Lord. I love you. Hallelujah. Good morning and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. It's time to receive our tithe and offering. If our usherette will come and take up the offering at this time. Look at that. We ought to, we ought to load her up this morning with a bunch of stuff. Brother Joyner, will you pray over the offering? Sister Joy asked me outside, how you feeling? I said, I feel good. She said, are you telling the truth? Would you be honest? And I said, 
because she knows how I feel. But yeah, I've been feeling bad for like two weeks now, not feeling great. And today I feel pretty good. So <laughs> I'm thankful to be <laughs> I'm thankful to be here this morning. So and I, I I'm aggravated at my job all the time, but I'm grateful for it. I'm thankful for it. So anyway, it's good to be here this morning. So now it's time for prayer requests this morning. If you may, if you have one. Sister Hager. Colton and Sister Hager's boys. Brother Mike. Sister, sister uh, Dean's brother and brother-in-law, pray for healing in both those guys. Brother Mike. Brother Mike's family, Brother Vic and his family, and, and special prayers for Sister Shiggy. Sister Judy. Yes. Let's pray for Sister Sister Wynell. Continue healing in her body. We miss her. Gretchen. pray for Pop Pop's back and pray for my friend up there. I understand she has a migraine this morning. Pray for healing in her body. Sister Judy. Yes. It's travel mercy for Sister Judy's request. Jennifer. We do play, pray for a quicker recovery for, for Sister Rowe. And we pray that Sister Rhonda safe travel mercy. Okay, Jason.
let's pray for Patrick. I'm sorry. We, we all pray for Patrick and his wife, his successful <laughs> surgery, complete healing. Anyone else? If not, raise hands for unspoken requests. Stand with me as we take these to the Lord this morning.
before we do fellowship this morning, we're going to have special prayer, special prayer this morning. Uh, Sister Dean's going to stand in for, I think, Kim. And then I'll stand in for my brother-in-law, Ronnie. He's not feeling well. Sister Dean.
Good morning. Glad you're watching if you're watching. Glad you're here with us live and in person if you are. So, last week, our Christian responsibility. And if you watched, I don't know if y'all saw the newsletter and you watched the the reindeer cyclone. Because they, you know, they, they protect one another. Yes, yes. So they... They know the enemy's coming. They begin to circle, and they begin to protect. And so we just want to be the same way in our Christian responsibility. So we rescue those who have fallen. We bear one another's burdens, and we do good to the household of faith. Those are our Christian responsibilities, as we're told in Galatians. So we now consider what is reasonable. 
what's reasonable now reasonable meaning having sound judgment fair and sensible that's the Webster's definition as defined in the Greek it is logical or logos this word it comes from the from the root logos meaning reasonable or of the word the logos when John <coughs> excuse me when John uh, in chapter 1 was talking about Jesus and he said in the word uh, was in the beginning with God and the word was God and and that word is logos so this logic this reason being reasonable this is all about the word so the word that is used we're in the place that we're going to be in today is logikos it's used only twice in the New Testament the first is in this passage we're going to go to meaning reasonable and the second is to mean the word so it really is tied up in the idea of of the word so being reasonable being having to do with logos the word logic what makes sense but the thing is what makes sense to us <laughs> does not always make sense to God because the kingdom of God is an upside down kingdom what seems logical to us doesn't make kingdom sense when we think about what God calls us to do sometimes it doesn't make any sense love my enemies no thank you that doesn't make any sense to me pray for those who despitefully use me no thank you that doesn't, that doesn't feel right we're going to be in Romans chapter 12 so Paul is here writing this church writing to this church in Rome and he had longed to visit them but had never met them before we hear in the beginning of, of his letter to them he's saying I, I'd love to see I'd love to meet you but until I'm able to get there here is some here's some logic here is some theology here's some foundation for you so the church was made up of both Jewish and Gentile believers and the majority of the book can be applied universally specifically Paul speaks to the Jews in verse excuse me in chapters 9 through 11 that entire section is about Jewish believers and their deliverance from the old law that Jesus fulfilled the old law and now there's a new law written in their hearts so he's just ended up that final verse of that Jewish chapter and now he begins with the practical application of the instruction thus far so uh, chapters 1 through 8 can be applied universally uh, chapters 9 through 11 can be applied specifically to Jewish believers even though we can glean things from there as well but but it was Paul's intention was to write it to them but now here we are in chapter 12 and from here on out he's saying apply the things that you've learned in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 12 and these are probably familiar to us who have been in church for a while we might can even quote them this is one of the first ones that I learned I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy 
acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So here, Paul begins to speak to them, and he says, In light of all the previous instruction that you have received, I beseech you. I'm begging you. I'm asking you with a sincere heart. Consider the mercies of God. This word mercy, pity or compassion. Consider what God has done for you. Consider the mercies of God when you hear what I'm about to say to you. Think about the fact that God has been good to you when I tell you what is a reasonable service for a believer. Take his mercy into account and agree to obey. So we're invoked and invited to this call of sacrifice. He says to us, present your bodies. And I say to us because it's not just to the Romans. It is to all of us in the church now. We can take these words and apply them. He says, present your bodies, a living sacrifice to God, holy and acceptable. So I am to put my whole self on the altar. Paul lists three requirements for my sacrifice. He says, first, you must be living, live, to breathe, to be among the living, to enjoy real life. So as I present myself to God, I am presenting not a drudgery, not a worn out kind of sacrifice I am bringing my whole self the life the breath that is in me I'm presenting it all to God the second thing he says is a requirement is to be holy meaning sacred pure morally blameless or consecrated so as I bring myself to God I have to be holy to come before him we know, we understand that before we receive Christ, he accepts us exactly as we are. We hear that phrase, come as you are, and, and pe some people have had issue with it before. But, but that's the idea of when we come to him for salvation. He accepts us exactly like we are. We do not have to clean up. We do not have to try to get rid of our faults before we come to him initially. But when we come to him in salvation and we say, God, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from un unrighteousness. I'm a sinner. I, I believe in you for salvation. We can come to him any way at all, and he will clean us up. But when we come to him to present our bodies, when we come to him to be a living sacrifice, the way that he will accept us is by holiness. That I bring myself to him holy, consecrated, blameless, that I'm laying everything aside and saying none of this matters in light of the mercy that you've given me. I will lay aside this. This doesn't matter to me anymore. I will lay aside this. I don't have to hold on to that anymore. God, I come before you and I'm holy. And the next thing is to be acceptable to God. Well-pleasing, fully agreeable. I heard recently... 
and, and I didn't get to see the whole thing. I wish that I did. But I, as I was scrolling through my uh, Instagram reels, and, and this, it looked like kind of a town hall meeting. And a woman had stood up, and she was speaking to the, she was a part of the, con- the, the uh, audience, and she was saying, how can you say, saying to the, whoever the speaker was, how can you say that I'm not allowed to do this and this and this? A, a sin that she was wanting to hold on to. How can you say that I'm not allowed to do this? And the man's reply to her was, I'm not the one saying this. I'm the one telling you, but I'm not the one who first said it. There are things in God's word that I don't want to do. There are ways that he asked me to live that I don't want to live. But I'm not the general manager of the universe. So don't come to me with your complaints. And when I ask, why do I have to be this way? Why do I have to lay aside all these things to be acceptable to God? I'm I'm not the general manager of the universe. I'm just telling you what he says. That I have to be acceptable in order to be a living sacrifice. So again, these hearers from both the Jewish and Gentile background, they would have been familiar with this idea of sacrifice. The Gentiles gave sacrifices of different animals when they went to the temples. They would go to, uh, you know, there were so many different temples to each and every uh, god and goddess that represented um, fertility or or represented good crops or represented uh, healing or whatever it may have been. So whatever they needed, whatever they were praying for specifically, they would go to that particular temple. And they would bring whatever sacrifice that particular god or goddess desired. So there were different colors of animals that were acceptable to different gods or goddesses. So they would bring uh, the, the different colors or different types of animals. So they would be familiar with that, this idea of an acceptable sacrifice. And the Jews were certainly familiar with this idea. They would have to bring an unblemished sacrifice to Yahweh. Because if there was a spot or a blemish within this particular animal that they had brought, they would be turned aside. No, you can't bring this. This isn't holy. This is not there, there's a list of things. It, it couldn't have a, a broken limb. It couldn't have um, cuts. It couldn't be a certain, you know, the, the colors couldn't be certain things. So they would have understood this idea of an acceptable sacrifice. More so than we do. But this idea of self-sacrifice, that would have been foreign to both groups. They would have kind of shuddered at this idea because the Gentiles didn't really think that God cared about what they did in the flesh. We see Paul combating this a lot. Like, oh, I can do whatever I want to because God doesn't care about what I do in my body. It's just my spirit that matters to him. And Paul was trying to express to them, no, it's, it's all linked together. What, what you do in your flesh is going to affect what happens in your spirit. So God does care. But also, the Jews would have been repulsed by this idea of a human sacrifice. God wants me to be the sacrifice. But in an upside-down kingdom, God does not simply desire lip service and platitudes, our logical worship to us, the things that make sense to us, are not what God's asking for. My coming in and giving him 
well, this is what I have, God. I'm, here we go. Accept this. That's not what makes sense to him. He wants our whole selves. He wants all of us. He wants the best of us. So the only thing that makes sense to God is that I lay my life down. That I sacrifice my whole self. So here we see conformity versus transformation. So he says, do not fashion yourself according to the pattern of this world. Stop looking and acting and sounding like the world. We are in the world, but we should not be of it. So examine. Who do we look more like? And I'm not saying in a, in a physical sense necessarily. I'm not, by no means should we be walking around in robes and with our with the long beards. And if, well, unless you want a long beard, that's fine. But um, <laughs> with the robes and, you know, the, the little tassels at the bottom of our and the sandals all the time. I'm not saying that not saying that but I'm saying what does your life look like does my life look like Jesus am I living a life loving people am I living a life sharing light with them am I living a life of encouragement am I living a life of sharing the gospel or am I living a life that's kind of ashamed you know, that I'm, I'm still, you know, toe-in <laughs> to that other stuff. Like, oh, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm good with the Lord, but I, I, I want to be accepted by the people that, that don't know him. <sighs> Instead of being transformed, don't be conformed. Don't, don't shape yourself to the mold of the world be transformed and this means literal or figurative metamorphosis this word transformation here transform so how can we do that it's by the renewing of our mind the change begins up here the change to be like Jesus begins right here the change to get right begins right here because if my mind has not been renewed, I can act saved. I can look so good on the outside, and I can fool people like crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they go to church all the time. They're, yeah, of course they're saved. They go to church. Yeah, of course they're saved. They, they invite me to church events sometimes. Yeah, of course they're but if my mind has not been renewed, I can be having all sorts of thoughts and keep them quiet and look good on the outside. I can put on a Christian face and I can smile and I can raise my hands when it's the right time and I can act like I'm praying with everybody. But if my heart and my mind have not been transformed, then I am living like the world and looking like the church. <sighs> Inside, I'm longing for and living like the world. Inside, I'm, I'm looking at things that I've missed out on. Oh, if only I could go back to that. So if you're not washing your mind, if you're not filtering your thoughts, oh, golly, 
It's not green. And I should have. <laughs> I should have used that drain that I had. And then the the cat wouldn't have fallen in there. And I can see it. I can see the problem. But I'm not doing anything about it. Oh, golly. Oh, golly. I can see the problem. And again, I'm, I, I can see it. And I'm just hoping, oh, gosh, just don't get backed up. Just don't don't cause more problems. Because if it stays right where it is, it's not going to cause that many problems. But if it goes down just a little further, it's going to cause issues. Oh, my. And how many times do we have things in our life that we say, oh, if I, I, can, I can keep it right here. It'll be fine. I, I, I can keep this attitude, and I'll be all right. Or I, I can keep this one habit, and I'll be fine. I can just do this one thing, and it's going to be okay. But if I keep holding on to it, it's going to sink deeper and deeper into my spirit, and it is going to cause issues. <sighs> because then I'm going to be dwelling on things that are not whatsoever is good and whatsoever is lovely and whatsoever is of good report. I'm going to be dwelling on other things. And I can't be transformed in my mind if I've got so much junk in there. So there are some benefits of mind renewal. Well, it prepares us to prove, test, or discern the good, the acceptable, the perfect will of God. And it prepares us for service. Take a look at verse 3. It says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Notice Paul step lightly here. He's about to say something that they may not initially receive. Like, you don't know me. We've never met before. But I'm about to tell you something that you may not want to hear. So I'm going to say, God has given me grace to say this, and I hope that you have the grace to receive it. <laughs> the implication here, and the way that we have always heard it and received it, well, I don't know about you, maybe you've had a different revelation, but the way that I have always heard it and received it is that do not think more highly than you ought to think that a person is thinking too much of themselves. That's the way that I've always heard it, right? So he's saying to the, um, you know, be not conformed to this world, but you transform by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and perfect acceptable will of God. And he says, so don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, right? We, we've heard it that way. So the, the idea here, maybe people are saying, well, I don't need to, I don't need to sacrifice myself. I'm I'm better than all that. I'm already there. I've arrived. And Paul is trying to help them to get into the right mindset. You haven't arrived. Don't think too highly of yourself. Think of yourself soberly. But the word here, think more highly, is only used one time in the New Testament. It's made of two words. Over. One word, over. And the other word, exercise the mind. So he's saying here 
do not overexercise the mind. <laughs> sorry, some some people may not have any issue with that. Um, sorry, um, bless my heart. I knew that was what my mom was thinking, so that's why I said it. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I was thinking that too. Um, but take a look at the verse. Take a look at how it's written out. And something that you can notice in Bible study, anytime that you study God's Word, when you see italics, do you, everyone knows what italics, the only person who would not necessarily know, do you know what italics is, Gretchen? It's when, it's when the words are kind of slanted. Not, not just cursive, but when they're slanted kind of sideways. It means that you're giving emphasis to that particular word. But... When you are doing Bible study, when you're taking a look in God's Word, it means that if it's in italics, it means that it was not in the original language. It was not in the original text that they interpreted from. So the way that this would read without that is, for I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. So is it possible that what Paul is saying is, stop overthinking everything? And that hits me. That hurts me. Because that is me. Oh my goodness. I overthink everything. Is it possible? Because we have, we have always kind of considered that verse 3 goes with the rest of the chapter. The rest of the chapter is talking about gifts of uh, motivational giftings. And that Paul is saying to them, don't think too highly of yourself. Make sure that you're giving your gifts to people. Make sure that you are sharing with the body of Christ. But what if verse 3 was actually intended to go with verses 1 and 2, and what Paul is saying to us is, think soberly. Be of sound mind. Be sane. Be moderate in your thinking. Because God has supplied us with faith. Again, we typically divide verses 1 and 2 to go together, and then 3 through the rest of the chapter to go together. But both verses 2 and 3 are about mind renewal. So it would make good sense that they would go together. What if Paul is saying to the Romans, a way to renew your mind is to not overthink everything. Be of sound mind. Stop overthinking. God wants you to lay yourself down. Don't overthink that. God wants you to be holy. Don't overthink it. God wants you to be living and acceptable to Him. Don't overthink it. You're worried about how you're going to accomplish this. Stop overthinking everything. I'm telling you, Brother Mike, when I read this, and I'm like, oh my golly, this is me. Because that's one of my top three issues, is overanalyzing everything. Whew. So maybe the Lord is trying to encourage us. Maybe Paul here understood 
We as humans have the tendency to overthink, to read too much into stuff. And what Paul is saying is, stop that. God has given you a measure of faith that you can hear the word of God and say, yes, God, I believe you. I'm not going to overthink it. I'm not going to wonder how it can happen. I'm not going to try to figure it out on my own. But God, I have faith. And I am going to go forth with this. Yes, Lord. So there's so much to unpack. So much to unpack in just these few verses. But what are the clear commands of God within these verses? What can we definitely see God is telling us to do? Number one is to present. I become an offering to God. What is involved in being a sacrifice? What is involved? Think about that for just a second. In this case, it must be living, it must be holy, it must be acceptable to God. When a sacrifice was brought in the in the Old Testament, when a sacrifice was brought, it was alive when it came to the altar. They couldn't bring a dead sacrifice. That was not acceptable to God. So they would bring it to the altar and lay it before God. It had to be completely surrendered, holding nothing back. If that sacrifice ran away, you'd go back and get it, bring it back. And sometimes that's what we have to do with ourselves. When there are times that, that there are parts of us that we do not want to sacrifice and surrender, when they turn away and run, I know I don't want to give this up, I don't want to let this go, we have to go back and get it and bring it back to the altar and say, God, I, I re-sacrifice this to you. I lay this back down. God, take this back over. I, 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 I re-give it. I represent it to you. In the Old Testament, a sacrifice had to be killed. My desires are crucified. My will, my way is crucified. My thoughts, my plans, my ways of doing things are crucified. It's no longer the way that I want it and me thinking it has to be my way. God, I lay this down before you. This is not the way that I want it. This is not the way that I expected this to be, God. I didn't think that I would have to surrender this, but here it is, and I lay it down before you. Let it die if that brings you glory. A sacrifice in the Old Testament had to be burned that though I pass through the fire, being tested and tried, if I am the sacrifice, I might have to pass through the fire. I might have to be refined as I lay myself on the altar and it doesn't feel good and I go through things that I think, God, why? Why? Why is everything burning up around me? But if I'm a living sacrifice, and then I understand that that's purification, that God is, is burning away things that displease Him, that He's burning away things that are not useful to Him, and He's making me holy before Him. This is reasonable service. 
this is our logical worship. See, we think our logical worship is to come in and we sing and we raise our hand and we sing along and, okay, we've had our worship time. And that's part of it. But our logical worship is daily. Our logical worship is bringing ourselves before God and laying ourselves down and saying, God, take this from me. Burn this away. I surrender this to you. The second thing we're told to do is to transform. This is complete change, literally, from the inside out. See, there's, there's the Hollywood version of transformation and then the nature version of transformation, God's way, the way that he set it up. When the idea of a transformer comes to your mind, you may think about those, the cartoon or the movies, Transformers. You know, so the Transformers, if you, I don't know if y'all ever watched it. Was that a thing when y'all were Transformers? I don't know. The, the movies? Yes, I've seen a couple of the movies. So the Transformers are these really cool cars in the movies they are. I don't know about the, the uh, cartoons, but these really cool cars, like souped-up-looking cars. And when it's time to fight off the enemies, the cars go through this transformation and they become these, they're called battle bots or autobots if they're, um, if they're the car ones. And so they, they transform and they become these huge robotic creatures and they fight off the enemies. And then when the enemies are, are gone and conquered, they turn back into the car. That's Hollywood's idea. That's the world's idea of transformation. That, okay, when I need to be strong in the Lord, I'll just change from what I have been doing. And I'll be strong, and I'll, I'll represent Jesus for a while, and I'll pray for a little bit, and I'll read my Bible, and I'll, I'll stand strong against the enemy, and then I can go back. Once the enemy's done with me, I'll go back to what I was before. But God's idea of transformation the way that he created it in nature. And the word that Paul uses here is metamorphosis. Because we try to conform to the world for a while. Oh, then I'll, then when I'm struggling, I'll go back to Jesus. And then once I'm good, I'll come back to the world. But through metamorphosis, that is a complete change that cannot be undone. There's no chance of heading back to the way it was before. For years, in second grade, we did, we, we got uh, caterpillars. It's always around March, April. And I was the one in charge of the caterpillars most of the time. So each class would get a cup or two, sometimes depending on who ordered, um, We'd get a cup or two of caterpillars, and there would be about six caterpillars in each cup. And they'd, they'd start out very tiny, really, really small. And there was food at the bottom, and they would just walk around in their little cup, and they would eat their food, and they would begin to spin their silk. So you'd see all these, the, uh, the webbing throughout the um, tiny little cup for all of them. And they would get to the point that you'd think, there's no way that they're going to fit in here. What is the, I mean, because they would, they would become pretty big, about, about that big. And then, when it was time, 
they had grown. They had practiced a little with their webbing. And then they would make their ascent. They would start uh, crawling up the side of the cup. And then they would begin to spin a little disc on the top of the cup. And you'd see them, and they'd they'd get in this J-hook. If if you want to know anything about caterpillars and butterflies, I am your girl. I know all sorts of these things. I would teach lessons about it. It was just so exciting. And they would they would form this J-hook, and so you'd see them, and they were really, they were struggling. It was almost like they were doing crunches, hanging upside down, and they were just really struggling to get into the J-hook because they had to get in position for change. Oh, my goodness. And sometimes that was a struggle, to get into the position for change. And they would, they would crunch, and they would crunch, and then they would get really still. They would form their J-hook, and they would get really still. And sometimes it was within that day, or sometimes it was overnight, that their skin would begin to split. This is how it works. So their skin would split from where they were curved, and it would tear in two. And I don't know how that would feel to a caterpillar, but this is part of the transformation. And it would begin to split, and, and it would turn inside out. And it would form a chrysalis. And it would be hard on the outside. It would hang there. And it was a process. Because see what's going on, and it's really yucky, but what's going on when a caterpillar goes through metamorphosis to become a butterfly, what's inside of the butterfly is all this gooey, mushy stuff. And that gooey, mushy stuff is getting moved around, and it is being formed into wings. And it's being formed into legs. And the outer shell is, is very hard, you can't touch it until it's time. And we'd have to move, and you had to be very, very careful, and this is why part of, part of the reason that I was always the one in charge because I would then have to, because, it's again, the cup is this big, and I would have to open up the, the lid, and I'd have to take the little uh, piece of linen that they were stuck to, and I'd very carefully transfer this to a, a butterfly net. And I'd pin the net, I'd pin the, the little piece of linen up onto the net and I'd have to spray them with water every day and you'd have to put some water in there just in case when they emerge they could have something to drink and after a couple of weeks they would begin to begin to move and there would be this breaking forth another type of splitting and they would come out. And at first, they were really crumpled. It's like, okay, how is this going to work? And they would, they would emerge out very crumpled, very wrinkly. And then they'd start to, sp to flex their wings. They would begin to stretch and get strength. 
And they would begin to recognize themselves as something other than they had been. Because up until that point, they had been caterpillars who would just walk around and crawl on the ground, maybe could crawl up the side of the cup, but they had never had this ability, this power that they now had. And they didn't know what to do with it, and they would begin to stretch. And some of them, they would kind of just walk around a little bit more. They didn't realize that they could fly. And eventually, after observing them for a little while, a week or so, they are we would take them outside and unzip the net and let them, let them fly. And for those butterflies that understood their purpose, that understood, hey, I'm different. I'm, I'm not the caterpillar I used to be. I'm not the one who's just walking around on the ground anymore. I have, I have this new ability. They, they would instantly, I mean, as soon as you open the net, they were gone. But then the sad thing was there was still some who didn't realize the power of transformation, who would still walk around like they had been before, walk around as though they were just a regular old caterpillar, not knowing that they had this ability within them. And that's the thing. If we are transformed by the renewing of our mind, there is, there is flight that can take place. There is power that we have that we didn't have before when we are transformed. That is something that we are told to do is to transform mind renewal renovating our thought patterns that lead to a complete change because if those if those butterflies had kept the same thought pattern i'm just a i'm just a caterpillar all i can do is walk around here all i can do is walk around the bottom how am i going to get any food all i can do is walk around the bottom of this net maybe i can walk up the side of this net but their minds hadn't been changed. They were still overthinking it. How am I going to get out of this net? When I get out of this net, what am I going to do? They were overthinking because they didn't know the power that they now had. And when we overthink, and when we do not allow the transformation to take place, to really and truly transform us, then we walk around defeated or live in the same way we always have. When there is more, there can be more. We can take flight. God has given each of us faith, reliance upon him. Stop looking to yourself. That's a sure way to overthink it. I cannot do it in and of myself. Shift my focus. God, shift our focus so we can follow where he leads. The third thing that we're told to do is to prove. After presenting myself in surrender... After allowing God to transform my mind, then comes the proof. Proof that I am walking in the will of God. Those who know well and have studied claim that God's will is usually seen in one of three ways. There's his sovereign will. That is what is going to happen no matter what. So the laws of nature are the sovereign will of God. When God spoke them from the beginning, those sovereign laws of nature, they continue to happen. There is nothing that can change them. The, those laws of thermodynamics, those law, the laws of gravity, they, they cannot be changed because that's God's sovereign will. It just keeps going. There are even some things that we pray about that God answers differently than we wanted him to because of his sovereign will. He knows what's best 
for us and if we are surrendered to him then his sovereign will can can take over and we may not like that and we may not want it to be that way but it, again if i'm trusting him if i'm surrendering to him then god have your sovereign will whatever's best the second thing the second type of will that we see throughout god's word is the permissive will of god these are things that god allows to happen it's not that he wants them that way but he because he has given us free will as humans he allows these things to happen sin is a permissive will god doesn't want us to sin but he is so loving and good that he gives us the choice he's not going to force us as robots to do what he says he's not going to say oh well you can't sin you're not going to sin he, he gives us that choice that's the permissive will of god so disobedience to him when we see in the in the, a lot of times in the old testament uh, things that that we wonder about well why did that why did god let that happen or why did you know why did solomon have 300 wives and 700 concubines that doesn't seem right that's the permissive will of god god didn't tell him to have that many wives and concubines it's just no <laughs> that's just one example a lesser plan for our lives that's the permissive will of god like yeah i'll let you do that but it's not going to be as fulfilling as something else could be the things we settle for that's the permissive will of god he's not going to force anything on us but then there is the perfect will of god and that's what paul is talking about here the perfect will is the plans that god has for us the thoughts of peace and not of evil to give us hope in a future that's the perfect will of god that he has from before we were born he's had a plan for us and he says if you'll just prove me if you'll just do what i ask if you'll just obey me if you'll surrender your life if you'll let me be the lord of it then then my will for you will be the perfect will and here's the thing sometimes the perfect will of god doesn't look perfect to us because this is an upside down kingdom sometimes on the path to the perfect will of god it's like what is going on here why is it happening like this god but part of god's perfect will is shaping us and forming us like that caterpillar who's, who may not want his skin to be split that may hurt but that's part of him becoming who he's supposed to be the perfect will of god can be experienced by us when we obey his commands we do not have to guess we can prove when we are surrendered when we are transformed we can prove what is the perfect acceptable good will of god so the kingdom of god does not often make sense it's an upside down kingdom in which the first or last the last or first in order to be the greatest you must become the least all are one in christ if you want to be the best you got to be the servant of all that is that is completely opposite of how we live what the world says oh this get ahead kind of mentality this hustle till you hurt yourself kind of mentality that's that's the world's idea of success but but this is an upside down kingdom so because of the sacrifices must be a life sacrifices must be self 
the way we've always thought of things must be reconsidered. So what is reasonable for us as believers, what is reasonable for us is to present, to transform, and to prove. As the music plays, this, really, honestly, the overthinking part especially, that really, uh, that really affected me. <laughs> so, today, as we go to the Lord in prayer, if you would like to, if you feel as though you want to come to the altar and in, in a symbolic way present yourself to Him, then you are absolutely welcome. The, these altars are open to you to surrender yourself if, if you receive better where you are standing or sitting. Uh, wherever you can receive from Him, please do so. But we just want to take this time. If, if you want to be where you are, come up here. Now's the time. And we just want to surrender ourselves to Him. In our prayer today, just complete surrender. Heavenly Father, we come before You. Father, we bring ourselves to the altar. We bring ourselves before You. We lay ourselves down, Heavenly Father. We lay ourselves down and we say, Do in me what You will. Father, we present our bodies as a living sacrifice. God, make us holy. Make us acceptable to you. God, if there are things within us that should not have been, if there are things within us that we need to get rid of, then move on our hearts right now. God, if there are things in us that are hindering us from being completely surrendered to you, Father, we just we let them go right now in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we just ask for a transformation. I ask right now that you would begin to do a metamorphosis within us, whatever stage we are. Lord, if we're just crawling around, if we're just barely making it, if we're overthinking everything and saying, how can this work and how can we, how can we make it? God, I pray for a transformation in our lives. Father, I pray that that change would begin to happen. Lord, that you would tear us apart. That what is on the inside of us would begin to form into what's going to make us have wings, what's going to make us have abilities, what's going to make us have talent. God, I just ask that, that you would help us to recognize ourselves as different than we have been. Father God, that, that we would not keep crawling around on the floor, that we would not keep living lower than you have expected for us. God, that we would not keep giving in to those lies of the enemy that say we're not going to make it, those lies that say we have to be this way, but God, to rise above because you have given us that power. God, that as you release us, that we would fly. God, that as you release us, we would accomplish great and mighty things for you. Lord God, bring about a transformation completely that we could not go back. Not a world type of transformation that we act one way and then we, we live for you for a while, but we go back to what we've been. God, I pray today for a transformation in each life that could not be a time of going back, but God, we would be completely changed, that we would be completely surrendered today. And Father, I ask for approving within us. God, that we can understand, that we can see 
as we walk in your wheel. God, as we walk in your wheel, that it may not feel like we want it to. God, that this painting this may not be the way I expected it to go. But God, whatever you want, whatever you want, God, I'll give it to you. Whatever you want, however you want to open up my life, however you want to lead me. And it may not be where I wanted to go. It may not be where I planned. This isn't the way that I wanted it to look, but God, I surrender to you. Heavenly Father, we just pray surrender right now for each life. I surrender. God, we just praise you. We thank you, God. God, we just surrender ourselves to you. We lay ourselves on the altar. We lay ourselves on the altar. Here I am. Here I am. Change my mind. Start there, God. Change my mind. I pray for each person who's here, a healing in their mind. If they're overthinkers, and I understand that, God, for those of us who are overthinkers, I ask for an increase of faith. For those of us who are always trying to figure it out on our own, I ask for a complete reliance upon you. Father, I pray that if we are, if we're trying to question, if we're trying to wonder within ourselves, how's this going to work out that we just put all our faith in you? God, we surrender. We surrender today. We surrender today. For each person who's here, each person who's watching, I just pray surrender. That whether physically or symbolically, that they would just lay themselves down. You can have my life, God. You can have my life. Whatever's good in it, whatever's worth anything, God, any talents and abilities that I have, God, they're yours. It's a sacrifice to you. What am I going to do with them? What am I going to do with them, God? I want you to have them. I want you to do something great with them, God.
face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you, and may he give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen.